Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, we are live. Listen, Dr. Afia, <laughs> once again, you have the pleasure of joining me today on the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Listen, I am so excited because y'all, I have my uh, psychology sister with me. Like this, like <laughs> this has become like my ace about maybe a year ago. So uh, y'all are going to get to know her a little bit better about some of the things that we're doing. And so for those of you who are listening to this podcast for the very first time, whether you're listening to the audio or watching the video version, I need you to like, share, subscribe, uh, write me a review, share it with as many people as possible, because we are going to get into some really, really, really interesting things today. Uh, Before we get into it, though, Dr. Afia, can you do us a favor and tell us about yourself? Sure, I'd love to do that. And I'm very excited to be back on the podcast. It's always a good thing when you get a second invitation because that know that, that means you did a good job. <laughs> so I, I am Dr. Afia and Billy Shaka. I'm a clinical psychologist and I'm also a hairstylist. Um, and so I love all things black mental health and hair and identity and race and culture and all healing. Um, all, all the healing. All things healing. Oh my goodness. She's so humble. How many like books do you have? How many articles do you have? Like, (laughs) you know, who's counting? Maybe about like 25 peer reviewed journal articles. I'm up to like maybe like 12 book chapters and two published books, but working simultaneously on three right now. So, yeah. Three at the same time? Yes. Yes. I want to be like you when I go. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's definitely for the people, but like we definitely appreciate your work, Dr. Afia. No, for real, I need you to help me with writing this book because like I can't write three books at one time like you. Like that's that's intense. Yeah, probably too intense. So I don't think somebody should write three books at the same time. So I'm I, thank you for the intervention. You're already healing me and, and uh, <laughs> telling me to prioritize. Thank you. <laughs> But you have like writing groups and stuff that you do, right? For like scholars who want to write? Yes, I do. So I developed something called the Writing Sesh um, that focuses on Black scholars and finding support and coaching and all of that to to do the work and communicate the messages that need to be out to the people, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so can I be in the Writing Sesh? Oh, okay. You, 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 you trying to get down? I'm like trying to get down, like for real. That's okay. one of my end of the year goals. I have to write. Oh, well, you you know why it's called a writing sesh, though? No. You know, I have African origins and everything. So there's an Egyptian deity or a comedic deity named Seishat, mm-hmm. and she invented writing. And so she her image is shown throughout um, pyramid walls and all of that. And she always has this palm leaf in her hair. So like it's usually in a braided style, actually like your hair right now um, in a braided style, very long with like these leaves in her hair, that sort of that growth of the mind. And so she is responsible for all words and libraries. And so a black woman invented writing. And so why wouldn't I then have a writing sesh? So say chat is her name. 
Come on, come on. <laughs> She's teaching us already, y'all. Listen, I don't know when the next writing sesh is, but just uh, count me in. Just write my name on the list. <laughs> okay. For real. <laughs> like, for real. Like, there's some books that, you know, I need to get out there and I just need, I need to be in that group writing environment. Okay. All right. right. I feel that bold for you. <laughs> no, I appreciate it though. Okay, so Doc, you over here looking all cute on the Page and Dr. Shauna podcast. I still got my gym clothes on. I did not have time to change because uh, we got this goal September, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the people about September. What are we doing? <laughs> all right. So September does not originate with me. It actually there are different fundraisers for like um, I think MS related to getting steps in, but I actually had a client saying she was doing September and, I, and I'm like, that is a great idea. And so um, I follow everything that Dr. Shonda posts. And I know Dr. Shonda, you had gone a hundred miles of running last month. Ooh. And so I'm like, I'm trying to be like Dr. Shonda. So I need to get a hundred miles of walking, right? Walking and jogging. I'm not at the running. <laughs> I got to walk. Um, <laughs> trying to get a hundred miles. So that's like 3.33 miles a day. If you, yeah. yeah, if you average it. So I'm trying, I'm trying to be like you. Listen, we're going to do it together. We're going to do it together. <laughs> I'm here for the September, uh, it, listen, it's lit. Like, it's lit. I already got my gym clothes on. Might go back to the gym tonight. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Now you're just showing off. Now I'm showing off. All right, I got to chill. <laughs> no, no, please. <laughs> no, so um, again, we definitely appreciate you for coming back to the podcast. I love having you here as an expert because not only is Dr. Afia an amazing licensed psychologist, like a world-renowned psychologist, like one who like testifies on Congress, like that type of psychologist, like a psychologist that's involved in the Crown Act and, you know, was on speaking engagements with like the Tabitha Browns and all the, like that type of psychologist. Not only is she there, <laughs> but she's also a hairstylist, y'all. Like she's also a whole licensed cosmetologist. No, I'm not. No. Okay. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me in trouble with any health or anything. <laughs> just, just go with hairstylist. Period. She's a hairstylist. <laughs> she's a hairstylist, y'all. Hairstylist for the people. Um, and so she will get not only your mind right, but also your hair right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I love that for her. Um, and I also wanted to kind of like segue into our hot off the press segment. So this is where we basically talk about things that are popping in like pop culture and how we relate it to psychology and like black people and mental health and all those great things. So recently, Dr. Fia, I don't know if you know, but there was um, some recent articles and stuff, posts on the shade room and all that good stuff about uh, the artist Doja Cat. She recently shaved her hair off. And so, you know, she looks cute. You know, I, when I first saw it, I was like, OK, maybe she did a big chop or whatever. Uh, maybe she was just like, you know, trying to start over or what have you. But when people did like more of a deep dive, it sounded like her desire to detach from her hair was more so rooted in self-deprecating comments and thoughts that she had about her hair texture. And so before we hop into some of the like statements that she would make, um, can you tell us a little bit about like texturism and how that can impact us as, as Black people? Mm, great question. 
Yeah, as you know, Black people can have any and every hair texture that exists on the planet. All hair textures are derivative of Black hair textures. Um, but considering we live within a system of white supremacy and racism, hair that tends to be longer and straighter um, is privileged over shorter and tightly coiled hair. This has been perpetuated for centuries, Um, whether it's through media in terms of who we actually get to see on TV and movies, or even within our own families, there can be texturism in terms of how people are treated or mistreated based on the the texture of their hair. And so this is very intra-racial, right? In terms of oftentimes it's black on black violence Mm -hmm. in terms of how we mistreat each other based on hair textures. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to make it seem like it originates with us. It's just perpetuated Mm -hmm. through and with us. Um, And yeah, I'm concerned about its ending because it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere anytime soon in terms of how we become, and I'm including myself, how we become our own agents of texturism. I'm including myself, Dr. Shana. Can I just say that I know that I do texturist things? I do too. Because, okay, the the hair salon that I work with, they wanted to show what braids would look like um, after 60 days. So somebody had, I think probably jumbo knotless braids in for like 60 days. Mm-hmm. They were posting it each day and I couldn't take the level of fuzz on the braids. I'm like, put a product on it. Are you wearing a scarf? But I had to really check myself. Like, why am I having such a strong reaction to somebody having like fuzzy hair? Mm-hmm. And I realized that actually is really texturous. Why does it have to be smooth and shiny mm-hmm. all that um, for braid maintenance? But like, I remember talking to the owner of the salon, like, and she said she felt a similar way. And we need to unpack that a little bit in terms of why everything has to be so laid. Yeah. Yeah. I, huh, I think that's so transparent of you to like, you know, say that. Cause like, I, I do the same thing. Um, I think I was talking to you like months ago before I got my hair braided. I was like, why is it so hard to find a braider in DC? Like a good mm-hmm. braider, right? I'm used to going to Philly. The girls, you know, they, they will. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Sleek your hair down in the braids, like your hair will be looking like super flat with knotless. And I couldn't find the same stylist until I, you know, ran by uh, at ten twelve. Does my hair on Instagram? So shout out to her. She did my braids because um, she she gets that sleek look. But I'm like, okay, so why am I so resistant to going to somebody else who shows more of my natural hair texture? Because I'm four C all day. Like, you know, 4C, 4C. I'll show you, you know, the, the kitchen a little bit. But like, you know, uh, 4C all day. If I'm in the gym, like I, I just was, I wasn't going to hop on this podcast without, you know, putting a little edge control, on, you know, and, and it just goes back to how, you know, we are governed a lot by like how I was saying to you before the pro- the podcast, um, like proximity to whiteness, mm-hmm. right? Because that's essentially what it is, right? How how straight my hair is. Yes, I'm I'm gonna wear it natural, but also it still has to look tamed, whatever that looks like. It has to be palatable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, you know, it's it's such an interesting concept, and I think we saw that unfold, especially um with Doja Cat because she does have this major platform. Uh, she is a 
individual who has a um, South African father, a black father, and also a, a white mother. Mm -hmm. So like her coming from this biracial uh, background and um, growing up with her white side of the family, a lot of people had a conceptualization that, well, she didn't really have that uh, relationship with her, her African side of the family. So racial socialization probably wasn't a thing for her. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she would say things like and I'm not going to get vulgar on here, but she talked horribly about her hair. Like it was audio with her getting her hair done by a hairstylist. And she was saying things like 4C can kiss my A. Um, good luck trying to finger comb it or put a wide tooth comb through it. Um, curly hair can the acronym SMD, you know, without getting too vulgar. Um, what is there to love about my scalp feeling like it's on fire? And just like all of these self-deprecating comments about what it is to be a, a Black woman or even a biracial woman or however she identifies uh, with 4C hair. And so like, even going back to, well, first of all, like what's your reaction to, to some of these statements that she's saying? <laughs> well, if they're true statements, it's pretty upsetting. Yeah. That that um, it kind of makes me think about Malcolm X, right? Who taught you to hate yourself? Mm -hmm. um, in terms of why would she devalue who she is at her very core of her DNA, right? In terms of her genes, mm -hmm. um, why is there even a ranking or categorization? Period. So. Mm -hmm. And two, why is she making her hair do things it doesn't want to do? Because that will cause, you know, inflammation and pain and discomfort. But I know that she feel, faces the, the pressures that we face yeah. um, in terms of our appearances being policed. So, yeah. she's, you know, front and center, which probably, you know, magnifies mm -hmm. hair and beauty for her and to her. So it's kind of sad. Yeah. No, it's extremely sad. Um who told us to hate ourselves? Who taught us how to hate ourselves? Uh, you know, such a profound question to ask uh, pertaining to like our features, um, you know, the our, our lips, our, you know, everything about what it is to be to be a black person. I remember um, being a I think I was a teenager or like just got into college. And I remember because of the, the pressure, like this was like 2012. People had relaxers. Nobody was natural like that. But growing up, like my sisters and I, we, we weren't allowed to get relaxers. Like we was like pretty much natural our entire lives. Um, but we kept our hair straight. Like we flat, mm -hmm. flat ironed it a lot. And so I remember when I was in college, I was flat ironed it like every single day. And so I'm like, why is my hair breaking off? I didn't understand it because we didn't have this knowledge of hair like we do now. I went to the hair store to buy some hair vitamins. And the man who was working there was like, well, these vitamins will help. But who told you you had to wear your hair straight all the time? Mm. And, and when I heard this, like, of course, like it, it struck a nerve. But I'm also like, I mean, what other way am I going to wear my hair? Mm weren't really getting braids like that like we were we weren't doing knot lists and stuff like that we weren't doing individuals at that time micros at best I guess um we weren't doing like the cornrows or whatever and it was taboo to wear your hair natural like it like nobody was doing that mm. and you know it really caused me to reflect a lot but even in my reflection I still wasn't comfortable with wearing my 4c hair mm. And I think that really just speaks to speaks volumes as to like how racial identity comes through stages. It's a process. Right. Mm -hmm. So like even though Doja Cat might be in this place 
case right now, which is unfortunate, I do think that like in the future, there might be a time where she's able to to better identify with some of the features that um, are aligned with like being a, a, a black person or whatever that means in America. Um, yeah. So mm. it's so sad, though. Yeah, but I, I appreciate your story, your hair story and vulnerability, because um there was a quote I used to say all the time coming from Dr. Naeem Akbar that to heal a people, we have to recognize that we are the people. Mm. And so in healing ourselves that we heal the community. So if we're as black female psychologists still having to negotiate hair and texturism and all these different facets of phenotype and aesthetic, like once we have some healing, mm-hmm. we definitely can spread to larger groups but we're still working on it we are a work in progress right and I love how like you you model that like just you know the the hair love with all the work that you're doing um with the crown act and I don't think you talked about that can you tell us more about like the crown act and what you've done okay well um I just have been supportive of it um so the crown act stands for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair Mm-hmm. Um, it was established in 2019 by Holly Mitchell, a senator in California that for, first pushed this um, bill forward and has spread. Um, I don't think it's quite up to 20 states yet, mm-hmm. but um, have passed it. And so I've had the opportunity to use some of my research from my research lab um, and testify Um on behalf of needing protections under the law yeah. that um, prevents Black people from being fired or not hired or um, kicked out of schools or um, even addresses housing issues related to hair discrimination, related to braids, bantu knots, locks, um, twists, things that are actually healthy for natural hair mm-hmm. uh, being banned. So. I've had the opportunity to share my research um, with like Dove and um, since they're one of the major supporters of the Crown Act. Yeah, that's amazing. Because like discrimination with the hair is very much common. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever told you. Did I tell you I worked at J. Crew? Like when I was like probably in college or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was at J. Crew, girl. Mm-hmm. With all the, you know, unmelanated. Mm-hmm. They hated my hair. They hated it. You couldn't wear no twist out to work. Mm-hmm. What? No, Shonda, I like your hair better straight. As a white woman, you feel comfortable saying that to me? But of course, I wasn't as bold then as I am now. So <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just wore my hair straight. Mm-hmm. That type of stuff, like, you know, those are the, the things that we hear in our workplaces, at our schools, like amongst our families and friend groups, and we internalize that. Yeah. We actually believe it. So mm-hmm. we appreciate the work you do. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Girl, I don't shop at J. Crew no more. Yeah. No money out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I definitely appreciate the conversation, Dr. Afia. Uh, so we're going to transition. I know one of the things that we really wanted to talk about together, and I felt like you would be the perfect person to talk about it with me, is like this idea of advocating for mental health beyond uh, the psychological therapeutic setting. Mm-hmm. And we're look like amongst professionals. Um, I'm sure you get questions all the time. I get a lot of questions in my DM pertaining to like, you know, opportunities outside of, 
the the four walls of the therapy office, right? So uh, booking speaking engagements, um, being an immediate influencer, being involved in like brand awareness stuff and things of that nature. And so I wanted us to talk about that today. Are you are you cool with that? Yes, lead the way because I, I definitely took your class on uh, being a <laughs> mental health influencer. Yeah, was that like a year and a half ago, two years. When when did you teach that class? I think it was like a year ago. Okay. No, the year. It may have been a year ago, a year and a half ago. Okay. Yep. Yeah. What'd you think about it? It was great. All right. Thanks. Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> Most of the professional activities besides therapy that a therapist does were not taught about. Yeah. Like no one had, I never took a class on <laughs> being a mental health influencer. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Probably because Instagram didn't exist or TikTok didn't exist or Twitter didn't exist when I was a student. Like these things just didn't exist. But I don't think we've ever updated the curriculum um, for undergraduate or graduate students on actually how to um, promote messages of wellness, right? And we're not putting it in a newspaper or magazine, like maybe Dr. Joseph White did for Ebony Magazine in 1970, where he published um, his first works on Black psychology. It's so immediate and so much faster. There's no course on being how to make a podcast. But I remember for my students when I was teaching, I had them make podcasts because this is a relevant way of transmitting information. So how do how do I think it's important for mental health professionals to figure out yeah how to model yeah. <laughs> mental health and to to promote the messages and do psychoeducation. So yeah. Dr. Shonda, tell tell people how you how did, how did how did you figure all of this out? Um okay, so I everything that people see me doing in the psychology space, I was doing that before I became a psychologist. So when it comes to like, you know, speaking, for instance, right? So people see me like, you know, at this event, this conference now, but before I was a psychologist, oh, I was already in the church speaking. I was already at the women's conference doing empowerment messages. I was already at the, you know, the brunch, you know, talking about, you know, self-esteem and stuff like that. And so my speaking journey really came from, I, I would say the black church birthed it, honestly. Like, you know, I, I would say the black church taught me how to be um, like a, a public speaker, to know how to engage people, to know how to keep them interested, to be charismatic, like all those things that we do, like in the, the pulpit are the same mannerisms and things I also do in uh, when I'm speaking publicly. And that's why like, you know, people might come up to me and say like, oh my gosh, when you were speaking, I felt like I was at church. That's not a coincidence. Like that's where I learned how to speak. <laughs> so um, I would say like, use the gifts that you have, whatever you're doing right now, like you can diversify that and make it mental health focused. Whether you are, you know, let's say you have a, a podcast or whatever, you can make a mental health podcast. Dr. Afia, you know, you were doing hair in college. Like now you do uh, you know, you're you're an influencer in these salons and barbershops and stuff talking about mental health. Like, you know, all of that is relevant. And I think what you said is so important about knowing how to diversify your message. 
Mm. Right. So I'm, I'm the type of person I get bored with doing the same thing over and over and over again. Like I have to have multiple things that I'm doing. Like I can't just, you know, go into the therapeutic setting. I got to do a little bit of testing here. I got a little bit, do a little bit of speaking here, a little teaching there. Um, because I, I strongly believe that these are uh, areas that, that God like appointed me to do. Like I, mm. I feel like I'm anointed for these different types of settings and these different roles. I don't think I'm just called to do one thing. I don't know if anybody is called to do one thing. I think that it's about us using all the talents uh, that we have for, you know, whatever purpose we have in life. Mm, that's deep. It's, it's your moral, ethical, spiritual duty. Yeah. To promote, I guess, it, the, this message. Yeah. Right. Oh, Are you mind. good? You good? <laughs> Yeah. And so I know you've done some like media work and um, some of the things that you're doing, like I think what you're doing with the Crown Act is exciting. Good Morning America, like, you know, all these (laughs) different things that you've done, like, you know, how have these opportunities like found you basically is what Mm -hmm. people want to know. Okay, great question. I'm not sure (laughs) what has happened. Um, during COVID has shaped um, my options to promote mental wellness. It was a crisis. And anyone who had previously talked about mental health was called out to be spotlighted. Mm. I, I have never been so popular in my life. These past two years, two and a half years, like people stay in my DMs, emailing me. I, I didn't have this before. <laughs> I think that it's under this crisis and people really suffering that now the information that I always knew and had studied um, became trending. Mm-hmm. I do think mental health is a trending topic. And it's not mm-hmm. like only psychologists know about mental health. Everyone experiences and has to negotiate mental health. And I think... The, the isolation, the levels of stress. Because even think about like a year and a half ago, there was all types of riots and stuff. Like, um, and, and just recognizing how that was unearthing or even causing a lot of psychological distress. So I think um, former students, uh, people I had connected with at conferences, <laughs> Just were coming out because we needed experts. Yeah. Um, and I feel really comfortable talking about mental health, where I know people don't always have the language or labels um, because it's not taught in at home or at school. Right. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad that that people have reached out, and I, I still continue to study and learn on the topic every yeah. day. Really. I remember you told me you read a book a day or no, you read a chapter a day or something. That must have been last year, Dr. Shonda. So all of 2021, I had made a commitment to myself. Mm. Every day when I woke up, I journaled every day and I read every single day, like took out a physical book. And I'm not talking about Audible, which I do listen to a lot of books that way, but took out a physical book and would read. Mm-hmm. Um, to start my day so that if the rest of the day was completely chaotic and out of my control, I at least knew I fed myself and reflected. Like but that. 2022, that didn't happen. So, 
you know, when you told me about that resolution, I made the same resolution for myself this year. Um, and I haven't started yet, but <laughs> we're going to try again next year. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a plan, right? Because I think sometimes there are, all right, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody, but fake mental health influencers who yeah. have actually read a book or gone to therapy or not to say you can't be a mental health influence if you don't go to therapy, but like, how are you actively addressing your mental health needs um, and studying it? Mm -hmm. Right. I think, I definitely think that people are taking advantage and I'm not, you know, talking about like the, the professional, but I think that some influencers are taking advantage of the fact that mental health is a trending topic right now. And because it is a trending topic, oh, we're going to hop on this mental health bandwagon. I don't have to have the knowledge or the skill set. Let me just throw this meme out here or, you know, post a reel of this or post a reel of that. And that'll go viral because people need mental health messages. Like, you know, but essentially, like what ethically, what how, how does that align with uh how you're serving people morally, how does that align with, you know, and I think we really got to ask ourselves these questions, especially if we want to play a role in the mental health advocacy and um, influencer world. Uh, Not to say that all professionals have to be mental health influencers and all mental health influencers don't have to be professionals, but I do think you have to do your due diligence in order to know what you're talking about and not to diagnose everybody with narcissism or, you know, using phrases like gaslighting every other day. Cause you know, I think those have been the buzzwords that people are (laughs) gravitating toward because Mm -hmm. it's so popular. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just, yeah. It's important to understand emotions. And I think that's a key piece that um, comes from experience and study. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Experience and study. And not to say, you know, I love that you said that, Dr. Fee, and not even to say study has to come from a formal setting. Like you don't have to, you know, have a bachelor's degree in psychology, but read a book like, you know, read up on some scholarly articles, like do something to better yourself in in terms of your knowledge if you're going to be providing this service to people. Um, But I wanted to focus on a very essential part to being a mental health influencer. Right. And so whether you're trying to get on media or build your social media or um, booking speaking engagements, doing like, you know, hair work like Dr. Afia is doing, you have to focus on your brand. Like your brand has to be very clear to people. So if I were to ask Dr. Afia, like, what is your brand message? I'm sure she would, you know, have have that in mind. Dr. Afia, what's your brand message? You can use hair as an entry point into mental health. Exactly. Exactly. Hair as a and I'm sure you, it would be something related to Black people in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because you're so clear with what your brand message is, it's nothing for you know, the Pantene to call you and be like, hey, we're having this conference and we need an expert. Can you come on? 
Like, T, where you at? I'm waiting for them to call me. So, like, okay. the check. Like we're we're out here. <laughs> like it, it will be nothing for these these major organizations because you have a very clear message. You you have a target audience. And um, sometimes when people like want the the speaking engagements or the mental health influence or thing or, or like they want all these things, my first question is, okay, who is your audience? Who are you targeting this toward? Because it's it's great to be a generalist, but also. If you're not specific, if you're not niched down enough, then people aren't going to know to reach out to you. Mm. Like people just aren't going to know that. And that's why it's so important for us to kind of go beyond what we learned in school. Like it's great to have the theories, the conceptualizations, all that stuff. But also I feel like there should be a a business related psychology class on branding and, you know, all, all these things, because we don't learn this type of stuff on how to build for real. <laughs> well, Dr. Shonda, are you proposing a curriculum that you will? Okay. I would so, love yeah. to do that. Yeah. On your plate. I would love to do that. I, I really need to be really good at it. You going to do it with me? I could guess lecture, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you all, if you do a search on Instagram, black psychologist, you won't get to see Dr. Shonda. Like, oh, you <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have figured out the, the algorithm and you have the consistency because I do think that that's a part of being a mental health influencer yeah. having consistency of your message mm-hmm. so it's not like you make a post every three months and right. you know have the expectation that you'll, people will receive it mm-hmm. but what is your unique story and way that you can be consistent Maybe maybe you do something, uh, a mental health Monday thing, or that you I don't have a post therapy session reflection or something. But it has to have some uh, consistency so that people can expect to hear more of your story. Mm, I love that, Doctor Fia. So you're building people's expectation the more consistent you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, I think we gave them enough free information today. Um, (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the the trainings that you have coming up and then we'll talk about our group. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) So my brand is Psychotherapy. And again, Psychotherapy is using hair as an entry point into mental health services. And so I've had the opportunity to create Um, curriculums based on my unique qualifications of being a stylist and a um, psychologist. And I have developed a 12-hour certification process that takes folks through the history of our hair, identifying the signs and symptoms of mental illness in communities of color, and psychotherapy micro-counseling skills, which can include how to assess a client for harm, Um, to themselves or others. It can also include active listening skills, um, how to impart information and referring to resources respectfully. That's hair, H-A-I-R, but um, in terms of this model. So I am looking for anyone who wants to make a stronger connection between hair and mental health to sign up for um, the psychotherapy certification. All the psychotherapy certifications for the remainder of 2022 are virtual. So you can be any place in the world and get these certification. I'm looking up on my phone um, what my uh, dates are. Just <laughs> out of my mind. So I'm going to read 
get certified in psychotherapy. It's an interactive 12-hour educational experience curated by me, Dr. Afia, linking mental health to hair care. The investment is, can I say price on here? Mm-hmm. Okay, the investment is $600. And again, it's a 12-hour course. And you can register at psychotherapy.org, but the classes are the following times. September 13th and 14th. October 22nd and 23rd, and November 15th and 16th. And so it will be 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And Dr. Shonda, I got to get you certified. So look out for an invitation, you VIP, um, to actually go through this process with you. Yes. I would love to, Dr. Afia, for real. Like, your work is so important um, because. And we, I know we didn't have time to talk about it in this podcast, but like barbershops, hair salons, like our stylists, they're like extended family members to us in the black community. Mm-hmm. And so, like they play such a pivotal role in our communities. And having the therapist, the mm-hmm. therapist, basically, but they just need a little support and training from yes. psychologists. So, yes. I love that. Yeah, send me that link. I got a couple of hairstylists and stuff I can um, send it to because the people need it. The people need it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I'm proud of you, girl. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Are you ready for group, though? Mm. <laughs> now you're talking my language, even with that. <laughs> Dr. Fia. I am so excited because it'll soon be like a year that we've been doing this. It doesn't feel like it. Is it our anniversary? (laughs) It might be the anniversary. Mm. For those of y'all who are listening, Dr. Afia and I, we facilitate a Black women's therapy group. And y'all, when I tell you the transition that we witness is so amazing. Like it's so rewarding to be able to see so many people just, you know, blossoming throughout our 12 weeks, our eight to 12 weeks together. Mm. And it's amazing. Mm. (laughs) Memories. It's always a challenge, you all. It is a challenge. I'm going to put it out there to be a psychologist and promote your work because we can't tell our clients business ever. It's unethical. It's unjust. And so the amazing things, I wish I could quote word for, for word some of the things that we've heard, but we can't. We can't because this really honors and respects our client um, and their confidentiality. So mm-hmm. we got to figure out how to work around that. I yeah. We got to figure it out. But we can say things that we've said. OK. OK. okay. I remember. So one thing that you said that was like so profound, it'll, it'll probably it li- it'll lives in my head rent free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were giving like a metaphor as to how we as women, like how in the group, we're looking for things that can be found within us if we do the work. Mm. And you were like, y'all remember from the whiz, like, you know, the scarecrow, that whole time he had the brain, you know, Dorothy, she, you know, she had these things. The lion already had that courage. All they had to do was tap in and ease on down that yellow brick road. And it was just the way of how, like, you used that that very black cultural <laughs> metaphor to to emphasize like how we we just do the work and the work the the um, wellness is already in us. And it mm-hmm. was just witness. I was like, oh, thank you. That has to go in our book that we write. Then we got to put that in our book. 
<laughs> Maybe you can start with that story. Yes. Yeah, and 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 Dr. Shonda, I always appreciate your your use of CBT. Um, so cognitive behavioral therapy, because that's actually not my theoretical orientation. Dr. Shonda being there reading people, not okay, I mean not say it like that, but Dr. Chanda does a classic line of how did that make you feel? The person will go and talk about a whole other story and this and that. She was like, I didn't ask you for that. I asked how you felt. <laughs> and we're like, oh, but just to think about how critical that question is. I know that that's like a cliche line, but really being able to process emotions and feelings. And Dr. Chanda doesn't let people avoid their feelings. Mm-hmm. You can't, you cannot go through a Dr. Chanda session and not know how you felt. And so um, just to even be clear that I, I think even as a therapist, I'm like, I'll let them go into this story. Like, go back to that part about <laughs> that. Um, so how how critical it is. Because I think one of the beautiful things about group therapy is that other people are witnessing it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because even if you're not directly doing an intervention with client C, they're still observing your conversation with client A. And then client A and C can pull even deeper things out because they have the opportunity to share more than us as therapists get to share, right? I think like, oh girl, that happened to me too. Mm-hmm. But what can happen in therapy is that I didn't have that that you can actually identify and um give support mm-hmm. in a way that therapists aren't supposed to disclose and support. So yeah, you y'all need to book a session with Dr. Shonda if you haven't already. Can people book through this podcast? They can, they can. But listen, I'm trying to get a session with you. Like, I need, I need my uh, hair therapy. And, um, I need to write my narrative. What is it that you do? A hair narrative? Yes, yes. That's what I, I need. Have guided guided hair autobiographies. Mm-hmm. I really need that for real. <laughs> But I think that's so, so uh, beautiful as to anybody can be in group with like two facilitators, but to have two black female psychologists who have two different theoretical orientations, like I think it gives such a unique experience because you coming at them, you know, this way and I'm coming at them that way. And it's just like, you know, it's it's just a abundance of healing that's happening and self-reflection. And so it's, so beautiful to witness, honestly. Witnessing that is that is part of the work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, we say all that to say we have another group coming up. <laughs> I'm just gonna try to drum roll. Okay, Sorry. <laughs> go ahead and do the drum roll. Okay, we have another group coming up. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> So our group starts, I don't want to give the wrong date. Hold on. Where's my phone? Remember the date off the top of your head? I know it's the third. The 21st? Is that what? Okay. Is that what? <laughs> we should know. Yes. 
Yes, let's say it's then. We'll, we'll put it in the chat. We'll put it in the chat. September 21st. And I, I want to say that it is September 21st because that is the first day of the fall. So there's something called the, the um, fall equinox. This is the day of the year where it is half sunlight and half darkness. And it is ideal to start healing rituals on an equinox or a solstice just in terms of alignment. And so to think about that day where you start transitioning into a new season, is very important. It's healing season. Mm. And so um, to be able to have a group that follows actual the, the sequence of the sun, right? As melanated people, we know we're highly connected to the patterns of the sun. Mm. Seasonal affective disorder starts creeping its head in and to be able to have that built-in support already because we can anticipate it. We know once the pumpkin spice lattes start coming out that our moods could even be fluctuating. Mm -hmm. So having a fall group therapy is really good to address those winter blues. Um, so yeah, I remember it was September 21st. Yes. Awesome. All right. Y'all heard it here first. September 21st, it is on and popping. And so I will put a link inside of the show notes to where you can um, have a consultation, a free group therapy consultation with either myself or Dr. Afia. It really doesn't matter who you uh, choose to go to because we're all going to be in group together. But um, yeah, you can sign up for a free consultation. It's only 15 minutes. And that's where we'll just be asking you just a few questions to make sure that, you know, we're a good fit together for uh, the group process to flow properly. Um, yeah. So it's lit. <laughs> it is. I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited. And y'all, Dr. Dr. Sean is just an amazing therapist, sister therapist. So I, I look forward to the sessions and um, building and growing and healing together. Thank you. You are too, Dr. Fia. I find myself when I'm in individual therapy, I say things like, oh, Dr. Fia would have said something like that. The ways you reference the ways again. <laughs> I wish like you, you sell us, you said it so eloquently. I don't think I can replicate that, but like just your mannerisms. Like, <laughs> it's giving Dr. Afia right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I definitely think that we have a good um, blend together. Most people are like, y'all, y'all just meeting like this is a, a new thing for y'all. I think that really is a testament to how well we work together and, um, just the healing that we facilitate together. I think there's power in um, teams and duos. So yeah. it's lit. It's lit. So tell the people where they can find you, Dr. Afia. Oh, okay. So I have a few websites. If you want to check out psychotherapy.org, um, follow at psychotherapy on Instagram. You can check out myatpsychologicalservices.com. Um, that's, I have, businesses that have unique spelling. So let me just go with my name because you'll find the link. Um, mm -hmm. If you follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Dr. Afia, D-R underscore A-F-I-Y-A. That's probably the best way to figure out all my other links. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I love all the uh, names that you have, Dr. Afia. I really do. <laughs> I'm thinking about changing my name. I told you the name that I had. Well, yeah. What is it? Remember, I said my my practice name, Oasis Wellness. Oh yes. Yeah. I don't know if I like it anymore. So <laughs> it's only been a month. <laughs> I've been Doctor Reynolds LLC for the longest. I can't choose a name. 
Um, but I love your name. So <laughs> y'all know where to find her. Make sure that you follow her on the gram. Make sure that you are uh, checking out her websites and signing up for psychotherapy training because this is something that our community needs. And yeah, y'all, it's been real. Listen, make sure you come back next Wednesday. I have some amazing people lined up. And don't forget, you have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. God bless. <laughs>